Fashion and beauty are serious business. On this podcast, we will hear from amazing creative entrepreneurs. Join us as we explore their unique success stories, learn from experts, and hear about their journeys. Steve Jobs famously said that, the people who are crazy enough to think they can change the world are the ones who do. So let's get crazy. I'm your host, Ann Zuckerman, and this is the Just Wanted to Ask podcast. Ladies, have you ever had one of those uncomfortable headlight moments? Don't you want to be heard without distraction? Bezzy broad discs are your solution. Go to justwantedtoask.com and look for Bezzy broad discs. Hello, everyone. I'm excited today to welcome Michelle McGinnis. Uh, to the podcast. She's the owner of The Clarity Room. She believes in the power of learning your blueprint to anchor in more empowerment, elevated states of living, and having the career and life you are meant to live. After her years of service as a social worker, and now in her own private practice, she utilizes many different helpful modalities but her favorite is human design. She's an advocate for people wanting to learn about the power they have inside themselves. Growth, transformation, and integration can be a messy process, but her goal is to assist you in learning more about your road path to make you feel more secure in your amazing journey in life. Michelle is here to teach others how to fully step into their unapologetic power in career, relationships, and spiritual growth. Welcome, Michelle, to the podcast. Thanks, Anne, for having me. I'm excited to be here. Welcome to the Clarity Room. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Um, And I should tell everyone, you did. I was interested in human design, so you read my chart. And as I said before the interview started, it was really insightful, but also helped me understand that some of my quirkiness is just part of me and that I can work with it. Um, and it's not an issue. It's not, it, it doesn't have to be a problem. Yes. Yes. And it's so empowering, I think, to a lot of people who do have the readings to have somebody give them that permission. Like that is who you came here to be. And that's okay. That's always my favorite part when there's like a relief that kind of washes over people sometimes like, Oh, okay. People have always told me that was bad or I shouldn't be this way. And it's like, well, it's kind of how you came here to be. So celebrate it and be yourself. That's the exciting part <laughs> for me. Yeah. Or why can't you just sit still? Because yeah. it, it's an issue for me. Yes. And learning how to adapt all that. We're not all here to just sit, 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 right? Some of us have a lot of energy we've got to burn off and, and that's okay too. Yeah. It's always very interesting to see. Always very interesting to see. It's always interesting for me to see those aha moments. I love it when I'm doing the readings and then all of a sudden you can tell something has clicked because somebody, there'll be an adjustment or their eyes get bigger and you're like, ooh, we hit something that was probably there their whole life and this just really resonated with them to give them permission to be themselves. That's the best part. I love it. How wonderful. So how did you get on this journey? Um, You were in social work, so Mm -hmm. you worked with people, you can read people, Mm -hmm. but how did you find human design? (laughs) 
yeah, what a journey it was. Um, I left social work uh, and then decided at that point that I needed to find some modalities that would work for other people because not one way works for other people. And through my college, I had one technique, behavior. I learned behavioral psychology, right? So I was a behaviorist, but that doesn't work for everybody. So I just kind of would pick up things. I would, I swear things would just fall into my lap. And it's like, oh, and most people start off with a lot of like e-training, um, tapping, EFT tapping, all the way to, um, you know, Reiki energy work, all of those modalities. Um, I spent a lot of money and time. I went back to become a holistic practitioner thinking if I could get the health part into it. I did that before it was even online. <laughs> I would have to drive to New York to go do it. Anyways, so I did all those modalities and I kept thinking there's, there's still something missing. And literally I had a friend of mine who looked at me, she was my little guardian angel. And she said, there's something called human design. And I think it's for you. And I looked at her, I was like, that's funny. I've heard that before. And she said, I've got a book. She had bought a book. She had taken a few classes on it. And she said, it keep, I keep hearing that you need to know about this. And that literally that day I went home, I started, I enrolled in my first course and I haven't looked back. I haven't looked back. It's been an amazing journey because I felt like in that moment, I finally found the thing that I was looking for. I even found the thing that when I had my first child, that I remember coming home from the hospital, looking at his little face and thinking, who are you? And how do I raise you in the best possible way? I mean, when you grow up in psychology and social work, you're always thinking those types of things. <laughs> so maybe not a lot of other people thought that, but I was having conversations with my husband in the front of the car, like, how do we help our son so he doesn't falter into the habits that I have that I don't like? And we, I was going on and on and on. And then I found human design and I literally, I, I was gasping at, the discoveries of myself and then the discoveries of my family. And I thought, Oh my gosh, I, I found the mother load. So I was very grateful for it. <laughs> well, you mentioned energy, um, which is of course all around us, but in human design mm -hmm. and human design is based on when you were born mm -hmm. and, and the timing and uh, the alignment of, the planets and the universe. Mm -hmm. So it, it, it is possible to read people from birth. Is mm -hmm. that correct? That's what the whole reading is, is from your natal chart. And what human design does is it's, it's actually a combination of five different modalities. Do you want me to list those off? Would that be Yeah, helpful? please. Okay. So it, it has the I Ching, very ancient. It has the chakra systems. It has quantum mechanics, which is fairly new. And it has astrology and um, Kabbalah. So it's, it's like this morphing of five different systems. And some of them are very ancient and some of them are very new. And it's kind of like, to me, this information didn't come to us until 1987. So when you think about the modalities of the I Ching and astrology that should have been here, thousands of years, right? Um, that's why I always say this is the newest, latest technology because it's giving us even more depth. I mean, I've studied astrology. That was another modality I picked up. And I learned astrology right before I got on to human design, which I'm grateful for because there's other layers to that that helps me in my readings. But um, 
to have those five systems together is like a mind blowing. Like when I do the first readings with people, it's only the first hour and a half. Like there's still so much more I could go into detail with people, but I try to get to the main gist of stuff. Um, so when you have a system that takes your birthday, your exact time of birth, and if you don't have the exact time of birth, I have different ways of trying to figure it out, right? Uh, I never want that to stop anybody from having a reading because we can figure some things out. And then the cool thing about human design is it actually looks at two different birth times. I think this is maybe what you're thinking. There's one side of your chart that's your exact time of birth, date and location. And then there's another side of your chart that actually shows information about you three months or 88 days before you're born. And we consider that your unconscious side or your body side. It's kind of like when the body really takes hold and we consider the soul comes into the body at that point in time. So that's your unconscious side. And then when you're born, it's your conscious, unconscious and conscious side. So it's a beautiful combination. It makes you look at things in such detail of self when we can look at it like you're probably very aware of this and this is something else that maybe you're starting to come in tune with as you gain in wisdom as you gain in wisdom those other sides um, become more evident you can see it um so tell us a little bit more about the energy type the energy types mm -hmm. that um you suggest in human design yeah so According to human design, like the purist will say there's only four types, but I call it five because it gets confusing for people. So there's five different energy types out there. And that's the interesting part. My goal in just like sharing information about human design is for people to understand that the way your energy type is, is not the way everyone else's is. So I'm going to start with the two that are considered the doers, and it's the manifesting generators and the generators. Most people on the planet are still being um, raised as generators and manifesting generators because you are the people who do do most of the work in society. I consider you the worker bees of society. And the beauty in that is that when those two categories of energy types are doing something that they're really passionate about, it gives them energy. Unfortunately, for most manifesting generators and generators are walking around on the planet doing jobs that do not light them up and it's draining them. And they say um, Ra Uhuru was the gentleman who brought human design to us. And he always said, because this is the largest, these two energy types put together is the largest portion that live on the planet. It, it comes around 69 to 72% of the population are generators or manifesting generators. They're the worker bees. And the, the um, founder of human design always said, if these two groups would just stop doing the things that they don't like, the world would shift in an instant. And that's a really powerful statement. Wow. The other three energy types are actually not what we consider worker bees. Um, there's one called the projector. They're about 20% of the population and, and they're fairly new to the planet. And their job is to kind of oversee. They're really, really good at like tweaking and transforming and shifting um, systems that are already in place. They are systems people in whatever genre they like. It doesn't mean that they can do that in any area. It means what they're passionate about. They know how to tweak it. Um, so I consider them like birds on the wire. They're observing the manifesting generators and the generators and trying to condense things so people can get things done faster so that they can go have more fun. Because projectors, if they're living in alignment, will be like, you know what? 
uh, why are y'all working so many hours? This is ridiculous. I don't want to work anymore. I need to go home and do the things that I really, really love to play with and, and do my, my niche. Um, they're beautiful energies and they're, st- they're fast studies. Like they can go into a course, learn something and be able to regurgitate whatever they needed out of it and formulate their own way and package it up and teach it to other people, but in a very quick way. It's beautiful. Then we have manifestors. They're about 8% of the population. Manifestors are the people who can initiate whenever they get an urge to do something. They're here to vocalize it and kind of cause a ruckus to say, hey, this is what we need to be do. They're change agents and they're here to make big changes. And sometimes it's uncomfortable when you're with a manifesting generator, uh, a manifester, because their change may impede something upon you, right? But they can kind of see things in a bigger picture. And their job is to get the movement going, to get the change going. And then they have to back off. They're not the doers. They get things going and then they back off and manifesting generators and generators come on in and we take over because we're excited. Not everyone's going to follow a manifester. They, they're kind of like the, the conductor on the train. Like, hey, if you believe this or you want this change in your world, come with me and I'm going to take you there. And then you're off on your own. You're going to figure this out and do it for yourself. And the final one is a reflector. They're 2% of the population. I feel like reflectors are the ones that are most misunderstood. Um, I have a family member, a child of mine is a reflector, and they really are the mirrors of society. And what I see in the future as we're walking into the age of Aquarius still, and all of us are kind of finding out more about ourselves and how we're here to live, um, they're the people who are so highly sensitive to everything that they mirror it back to you. And to me, they will be almost like the shamans of groups or maybe eventually cultures again, that people will come to them and have discussions with them and they'll be able to see what's good and what's not good because they're very, reflectors are very in tune with like what's going on in society. Um, But most people, so those three, the reflector, the manifester and the projector, they most of them in my studies over the years, Um, are behaving like manifesting generators and generators because we've all been herded to think we have to do, 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 pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Why isn't that person working harder? And it's funny because way back in the day, I probably would have said the same thing about certain people. And now I understand, ah, even our energy types are different and we no longer have to say or compare ourselves to people. We're kind of moving into that age where we get to just learn who we actually are and utilize our energy individualistically the best way it is for ourselves and not have to worry about how other people are living their lives, right? Toughest thing for all of us to work through, but that's what it is. So yeah, I think it's, um, I think it's interesting that everybody hears all of them because I'm sure everybody in their life knows a projector because they're 20% of the population. Reflectors, you may not know, but you'll probably know one or two manifestors. So it's just very interesting. And when you look at um, charts, just to, to know that part, just that small little part can open you up to different ways of viewing and living your life. Yeah, yeah. And I guess that's why I found what you said to me so incredibly helpful. But then I think of someone like, let's say, the Dalai Lama. Mm. Um, so mm-hmm. as you're describing different people, he sir, I, I would think that he would be a reflector because 
Um, he very well could be. I think he is a projector, to be honest. Okay. Don't quote me on that. I mean, I'm not sure. No, I was just asking. Yeah. Um, he very well could be. I, I'll tell you a reflector that I do know of that everybody knows is Sandra Bullock. Okay. And it's interesting because when you, when you watch her, like just in society, like she isn't somebody who really does interviews. Um, and and reflectors are very mindful of like their space, right? Like they need they need to settle in and be away. And she can kind of morph into whoever she needs to morph into. And that's what reflectors do. Whoever they're hanging out with, they kind of can become that person. So reflectors need to be very cognizant about who they are hanging out with. If they're hanging out with people who are very depressed and not going in a good cycle, that can kind of tip them down that road. A lot of them like to be around high achievers because it makes them feel good because they're living off of their energy. That's just what I've seen in my own practice. I've been very blessed to actually have worked with five different reflectors, um, which I love because it just gives me different insights of how each one of them operate quite differently, right? Even, even amongst like our energy type, as you know, then we go into your profile and then we go into all your gates and we go into all your centers. I mean, there's just layer after layer after layer that formulates who you are. Yeah, but that's a good point. I'll have to look up the Dalai Lama and see what he is. I'm not really sure. I was yeah, just interesting. Sure. I just pictured him. Yeah, it could um, be. It could be. So what are some common misconceptions or misunderstandings about human design that you've come across? Um, I think. For me has been, you know, why do I need to learn about myself? Like, what is the big deal about learning about myself? I think I know myself. I've lived with myself. And that's probably the biggest thing I come up against with people is this understanding of like, because a lot of the times you're still operating from belief systems and that someone else gave to you that really actually rub against the wrong way of how you came here to be. You know, it's so standard to hear now especially with a lot of coaches and, uh, or, um, self-help modalities. It's like, you know, come learn how to live your life the best way possible for you. And what I found is <laughs> out of all the modalities I've studied, this is the actual one that does that. I mean, from the detail to your digestion, we can get to, right. Um, and I think that's the big misconception is, is that, When you have a reading and it isn't just about hearing about it, for me, it's about now that you've heard about it, how can we help you to live the design? Um, because within learning it, you're going to learn things that you need to de be that you have to decondition from is how I call it. Um, and another misconception I think probably would be how it is that we all like how we all can work together on, I guess it's not a misconception. It would be more of like an understanding of like how important it is to actually know not only yourself, but anybody that you live with, anybody that you're in business with, any of your children, like the importance of understanding the differences between the two kind of opens up that egg. I just got done working with um, a couple who have been married like 25 years and they were just you know, after a long period of time, sometimes in marriage, we can really rub up against each other the wrong way. And having within two sessions with the, this couple, they were able to 
take a look at each other from a whole fresh perspective, understand that this is his gifts, understand these are her gifts. And when they both could let go of that and see them from a different light, all of a sudden the communication could open back up again. So I think it's this understanding, like we really don't listen, even after studying human design for as long as I have, I'm still learning things about myself within my chart. It like never ends. In my opinion, the learning of self never ends. Yeah, you were saying before, and it and it's not from a narcissistic standpoint. It's mm-hmm. how do you take your gifts? Yes. And say, okay, fine, these are my gifts, but also recognize the gifts in other people and say, okay, fine, this is how they project themselves. How do I fit into that? A thousand percent. And a great example of that is in the chart. There is, there's two numbers. There's a five and a 15. If people are looking at their charts and it's interesting because just alone in that, if one partner has a five and one has a 15, it is the first place I'll go to because they, when two separate people have that and they come together, there's always going to be like this, um, uh, battle towards routine because a five likes routine and a 15 doesn't necessarily like routine. It likes to do things in extremes. So it will do something for, for a quick period of time, but it can't hold on to the routine and it drives the five nuts. And how do I know this? Because my husband has one end and I have another. And we laugh about it now after 27 years of marriage, we just laughed about it the other night and bet it. I said, wouldn't it have been a huge benefit to have known that about each other when we first got married, because it would have solved a lot of arguments because I would have said, I know you love your extremes. I know you like to go to the gym for three hours, but we have a family right now. (laughs) You can only do that two times a week, right? Like there could have been a different way to communicate it. I could have owned that's who he was. And he can't change that. And then he could have respected my need of a routine of things and their communication could have been different. That's what I mean by sometimes the specifics of a chart become so, for me, just like, oh, there it is. There's the spot that I bet if we had known that we could have probably tumbled over a lot of other fights so much, much more more breeze to it, I guess. (laughs) Sure. And that's not to eliminate people. That's just to understand them. Yes, I love and, how you said that. Yes. And the same thing is true in business. Um, <laughs> before we got on the call, I mentioned a software program I use. And it's really interesting because I had signed up for a different program. Mm-hmm. And the person who was explaining the program and um, describing the different elements mm-hmm. was a guy who spoke very clearly okay but didn't speak to me oh interesting it it just it wasn't happening i was listening but i couldn't follow what he was saying okay and i ended up signing up with a different program that's run by a woman and interestingly enough the core of the program Mm -hmm. is the same but her explanation of things spoke to me. Uh, so I, it's just really interesting where you get into situations where you hear certain things said with one set of words, you hear it said in a different set of words. And there are certain ways in which you grasp a concept 
So much so. And, you know, even when I look at somebody's chart, I can tell um, if they're going to be sensitive to pitches and tones of people's words, because sometimes um, if anybody's listening on this, so that knows you, if you've got 22 or gate 57, acoustically, pitches of people's voices can like rub you the wrong way, right? So all of a sudden you can't hear them because they're, it, it's bothering you. Um, for some people, it'll be that they are really highly sensitive to people's facial expressions. And you can see that on the chart. And that's what you're absolutely right about all that. It's like learning, like, that's okay. I heard something. Nobody else witnessed it. Like, I could have had my best friend sitting next to me. She goes, are you crazy? And that's not true. <laughs> like, I love that person. And you're like, mm, no, that didn't really ring well. And that's the beauty of that, that you allowed yourself to say, you know what? This, this isn't working for me. And I don't have to know why. Listen, you never have to know why. It's just that when you honor that part of yourself, all of a sudden something else will slip right on in. That's perfect for you. Oh, I, that's a good story, Ann. Oh, thank you. Mm -hmm. um, the other part of that is there are people who um, I don't necessarily like per se, mm -hmm. but I like the message or like the core of what they're saying. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's just so fascinating. Mm -hmm. um, I was on a call this morning and uh, with a lady who was talking about certain words, like the word discipline. Okay. And how we interpret the word discipline. Mm -hmm. It's fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. I love it. So, um, and you spoke about all of the different uh, ancient practices that have come into this. Mm -hmm. What what are some of the differences that each bring to uh, the whole of human design? Oh, boy, that's a good question. Well, so, a, a lot of them are bringing it from different cultures. So that's one thing. Right. Um, and. The premise of all of them, even like the chakra system that's in human design, it's a little different. It's based off the Hindu chakra system, but in human design, there's actually nine centers, right? So even if somebody's really proficient on the chakra system, so they're going to come on and look at a, their human design chart and say, why are there nine? That's not right. And so I think what's happening with all of these different systems is that people have to understand that um, human design is kind of progressed on. And it's, it's constantly learning. And they're actually saying that by in the, in the next couple of years, that there's probably going to be a few more centers that will become awake and alive for our little ones coming in on to the planet. Right. Um, the I Ching probably gives the most detail of it all. So if you've studied I Ching coming into human design for you is going to make a whole heck of a lot of sense. I don't find a lot of people have studied it because it's very detailed and it's very long. Um, but I think because there's so many different cultures and then we've added in the quantum mechanics, which really in the essence of that, what I'd like to say about that is, you know, string theory um, and the idea of anything that's being observed changes its format. Right. And that's what quantum mechanics has taught us that no matter 
what we say as a collective, if something is true, then the collective creates it and we all live by whatever it is. I mean, you think about an airplane in the sky and how they're realizing that there's so much black matter in between the real atoms that are going on um, that all of a sudden we have all collectively just said that this thing can fly and it does and it goes up and it flies in the sky. So when we understand that all of these components are a part of it, it means that it's been looking, it looks at your blueprint from like a 5D perspective. There's just layer after layer. And the, if you really get into the depths of human design, you can learn more about like the, um, the, the actual cellular activations within all of this. And you can get into colors and to tones and all of these other explanations that for most people, when you're coming for a reading, that's way too much detail. It's overwhelmed. I only save that for people who are really interested in learning it so that they can use it in their own systems. But I don't even know if I answered your question. I have a tendency to go off because I get so excited about this. Did I answer your question? Um, yeah. <laughs> I think. Okay, good. I, uh, my, my brain was also going because I've been reading a book. Um, and I can't even tell you what the book is, mm -hmm. but the author talks about um, cells and the matter, uh, the, the energy yeah. around us. Yes. And the, that we're energy and matter. And if we can mentally take ourselves into a space mm -hmm. where we get beyond the actual matter we can open up our um creativity and imagination and path um because we're more open to possibility so <laughs> that's what was going through my mind as you were talking about no that's a perfect example because it's kind of like that's why i think it's so important that, that, you know, human design is just, to me, the very first level of us really transforming into the people who we came here to be. And I know that, again, it's such a cliche and everybody says it and it drives me nuts, but there's no other words I can utilize to express this idea that when we, when we really truly can own who we are, like you and I were talking about like confidence at the beginning of, you know, before we got on, um, before we started recording. And it's kind of like, most of us are walking around on the planet with no confidence because we don't understand ourselves. We understand the conflicts and we we understand what people have told us, what we should be, how we should feel, how we should express ourselves. But this idea of learning just this multidimensional self through the eyes of human design, to me, this is just the tipping point. And as time goes on, and I am long gone from now, human design will look at be looked at as the thing from, you know, oh my gosh, remember way back when, when the simple little tool we had was human design. To me, it's a stepping stone to get us to the next level of who we came here to be, to be more expressive and more creative and not anyone having to do any job that they freaking hate will be a time of the past. And I think that We've already seen a new generation coming up understanding what I do for, with most of my time during the day should be something that I love. And that's for all five energy types, by the way, because everybody has to work, right? Still. But I think that th we're just cracking the egg open to take a look at it and say, ah, oh, but I could do this and I could do this. And with technology expanding and with the internet, it has shifted so much. I mean, you and I lived through a time where None of that existed. I wouldn't have known about human design. I couldn't have studied it to the depths unless I traveled across the country. 
It may not have been in my, but I, it probably wouldn't have been available to me had I learned it, you know, heard about it in a younger years. So I think that that's so much true that we're starting to learn like how our cells react to things and that openness that we actually have can be projected out into the field and it can be related back to us in a more magnificent, beautiful way that we're all doing the things that we love. And then all of a sudden things begin to shift. I don't believe that I'll ever see that in this lifetime. I think I have to croak. I think all of us who have a lot of these belief systems that we're still playing with, we all have to kind of croak and go to the other side before that's going to happen. But gosh darn it all, we've made a huge impact and it, that's just going to continue to grow on, I think. And, and although it's uncomfortable and people are complaining about things a lot. Listen, things have to be looked at to be able to be changed, right? And to, and to be healed and to be and to be told that you're good enough just as you are today. And that's always my goal after every reading. I want someone to walk away feeling completely empowered with who they are in this moment and that they don't need to change. That's big for me. Yeah. Oh, that's so beautiful. Yeah. Um so when you had, when I first heard about human design and I thought, mm-hmm. okay, fine, that's something I might want to explore. Mm-hmm. There are certain lot, uh, certainly lots of places to go on the internet and get some cursory view mm-hmm. or even a chart. Mm-hmm. But uh, for me, it was like looking into this giant box of <laughs> words. That, yes. Doesn't make sense. That, uh, like marbles marbles with words on them. Yes. And so I knew that I needed to actually speak with someone like you who could interpret um, what the chart actually said mm-hmm. and what I might find in it. Yes. And so I would encourage anyone listening, if they have an opportunity to speak with you directly, mm-hmm. um, you are such a gift. Mm-hmm. And I am just so happy that I was able to meet you um, in person and also online. Thank you. It was an uh, honor to be with meet you too, Anne, and do your, your reading. It was a blast to do it with you. Thank you. So now that I've said all that, how can people find you? <laughs> Okay, very good. Um, my website is theclarityroom.net. Um, and um, currently, um, I do human design readings. Um, I do business human design readings, and I do personal human design readings. And on top of it, I also do three-month coaching via human design. So I've been an entrepreneur for gazillions of years, um, a social worker. And now I throw all of that together and help support people through their business. And if they're wanting to elevate to go to the next way, I look at the whole of you. And it's magical moments when, when they, when they understand like, oh, I have the salesperson's, um, yeah, you do. Let's, let's embrace that. Let's go after that. So yeah, those are the different ways they do it. I also have a free podcast on my site. Excellent. I invite everyone to go to your site and listen to as much as they can. And again, reach out and speak with you directly. It's been absolutely a blast for me. Thanks, Um, Anne. Thank you so very, very much for joining me today. Thanks, Anne. I love having you. I love being here with you. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. Please follow us, submit a rating and review, and share us with your friends. This helps our message reach more listeners. For more information about my products, visit justwantedtoask.com. Thank you.